Welcome to SBM Studios Podcast, your home for the most insightful interviews featuring Southern Gospel artists and industry insiders. Now, here's your host, Scott Bolden. Well, hello again and welcome back everybody to SBM Studios Podcast. Hey, I'm so glad that you're joining us today. And y'all, I'm so thankful for the way that you are helping us grow. Uh, We have noticed over the last few weeks, last few months, y'all are sharing us. It's really cool to watch. I think now we're hitting about 41 states. And y'all have given a lot of great feedback about our Southern Gospel interviews. And that's the format we switched to several months ago, and we're holding true. And I had the opportunity uh, a few weeks ago to go up to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, to the National Quartet Convention Fall Festival. And uh, one of the groups at the first of the week, I I tell you, just absolutely stole the show. I followed them for a few years now, but I tell you what, I was blown away uh, from their set on the stage. And I fell in love all over again uh, with Endless Highway. And tonight I've got Jason and Vanessa and Allie and Jay with us. Welcome, guys. Hi. Howdy. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, It means a lot. I know I talked to a couple of y'all at the table afterwards and uh, chatted back and forth uh, online with uh, Brother Jason, but I know y'all really don't know me uh, so much, and I just thank you for taking taking your time and and sitting in on this interview. It means a lot, so uh, I thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I tell you, uh, it was a great week, wasn't it? Back at the, uh, fall festival. I'm so thankful that the board was able to put that on. And, uh, seems like you guys had a really good night. We did. We had a great week and I tell you, it, um, it was so good for us to get out and to, to be with our friends, the, the fellow artists again, and to be with our, we don't call them fans. We call them friends. <laughs> yeah. I think our friends needed it. The attendees needed it. The artists needed it. Uh, everybody needed it. And everybody went with an excitement, with an anticipation and knowing things that were different, you know, with social distancing and all of that. And everybody just did unbelievable and made the best out of a, a kind of an awkward uh, situation, I'd say. Oh, you're right. And and I tell you, I did pick up that theme, um, you know, whether it was the fans attending and especially the artists, there seemed to be just an atmosphere of thankfulness after all these months of, and I know uh, I've been praying for all of our, all my artist friends. I mean, I know it's been a tough time for all of you guys with all the cancellations. And even sometimes when you get to sing, it's kind of odd situations, whether it's drive through situations or parking lot situations and uh, smaller crowds, because of the social distancing, but I did pick up on just an attitude of gratitude uh, from all those that were in attendance, and it was just a spirit-filled week. It, it was a blessing indeed. So uh, talking about that, um, and I'm going to jump into y'all's history in just a second, but are you guys seeing a little bit of, of a pickup on your schedule, maybe? Are you getting a few more dates now? Yeah, we are. Um, we had a little over 60 cancellations. Hmm. Um, uh, March, uh, probably through today, but, um, it was, what's odd is, is, uh, about two weeks ago, we only had one date in October and now every Sunday's full and we, we probably got, uh, six or seven dates in October, which is great. Not, nothing like it to be, but we're thankful for, uh, every opportunity. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, there was several things that I think all of us took for granted. And one was the ability to go to church. One was the ability yes. just to decide to go to a Southern gospel concert. That's right. And once that was taken away from us, uh, 
I, I think we're all excited to be able to go do anything again and to be able to serve. Yeah, I got tickled. I was talking to Jordan Lefebvre at his table, and he said, I never want to hear anybody complain again about being too busy. Uh, it really kind of was a, you know, a, a wake-up experience, I think, for everybody. And, 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 and the thing about it, for you guys who are called to this ministry, I, you know, it really – it really showed you how much it meant to you, I know, and uh, that there, there was an empty void with those dates. Because I was looking, if I was, if I picked up right when I was kind of looking over your background, it looks like y'all do somewhere around 125-ish dates a year. So you said 60 cancellations. That's half a year, uh, basically, yeah, for you. That's correct. That's Mercy. correct. Well, uh, my prayer is that this picks back up because uh, I know uh, I, not only for the the you know the uh, viability of the groups but spiritually we need this i know that week at, uh, at pigeon ford sitting there in front of the music and um you know listening to the powerful messages in the song and the powerful messages spoken from the platform and talking with the artist it was spiritually uplifting to me and i needed that so uh, I'm, I'm hoping this thing gets wide open again yeah i would agree with you um i know we sang but I was able to sit there the couple of days or two and a half days we were there. And just as a fan of the music, uh, yeah. you know, a lifelong fan, I was able to sit there and be so encouraged and so blessed by the music and the artist. I mean, I received encouragement and yes. hope. Uh, and th this is music of hope. I mean, it's a very direct gospel message in Southern gospel music. And I was overwhelmingly blessed myself. I mean, I sat a few times with just tears in your eyes or you know, your hands in the air because, man, I needed it. I needed it. it. It reminded me of the hope and the encouragement that we as artists get to give folks that need it. But it seemed especially a little more sweet this time with uh, with COVID going on. It really did. And and you make mention of the message in Southern Gospel songs. And that's really one thing that draws me to uh, the genre of Southern Gospel is because uh, the the ministry that comes through the gospel presented in song and and I'll tell you I was I've been sharing you guys uh, since we got back sharing some of the stuff you have out on YouTube and I share the video uh, you guys did in kind of an acoustic looking set of Countless the other day uh, yeah. with a young lady and and basically I was sharing it because I felt like that your styling uh, of your music would appeal to her and, and it did. But then she said, oh, but the message in that song, I'm going to have to gather myself. I mean, you know, that they just spoke right. powerfully, you know, into her spirit. So and, and we need that. So um, uh, hopefully uh, we'll blink another time or two. And, and, and if there's any such thing as normal, we'll find it again, hopefully. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. And I mentioned that song countless. Yes. Uh, we love that song. Uh, Kenna Turner West uh, wrote that song and she's an incredible writer, but I will let Allie speak about that for a moment because she and Jay really wanted to do that song and I'll let her tell you why. Okay, great. Um, I think a lot of people in my age kind of bracket here, late teens, early twenties, you feel like you're not what you're supposed to be or where you need to be in your life. And it's very transitional. And if you're like me, you can be very hard on yourself mm. more than, the expectations of others you're constantly wanting to do better and be more and where God wants you to be but no matter what no matter how much you've failed or when you feel alone or like you've not when you feel like you've missed the mark his right. love for you 
his his care and mercy is it's countless and it, it's never ending. So I wanted that to be conveyed through that song and it's kind of upbeat. So it, it kind of feels happy, but the message is still very strong and can, I think it can touch a lot of people. It, yeah, absolutely. And, and you do a great job in communicating that song as well. And uh, yeah, Thanks. you know, um, I can speak me personally, you know, yeah, I, I definitely have had my share of critics over the years, but the worst critic I've ever experienced has been myself and those whispers right. that the devil, uh, you know, uh, plants in my ears and in my mind. So, yeah, absolutely. And and um, so, yeah, that message is I think it's a message that transcends all ages. But yes, in this day and time with the young, young folks uh, and uh, I definitely count 20 year olds as, as young folks this day and time uh getting younger every day for me but uh yeah um yeah you know it, it's a tough time to be a young person in this world absolutely and yes. uh yeah that that song was very very powerful so i was i was proud not only to introduce someone to your music style but also it seemed like that uh, that was a message that needed to be heard on that day so uh it was a blessing so <laughs> Fairness with your friends. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's uh, hey, that's the whole purpose of of what uh, we're doing here with SBM Studios. Um, I've loved Southern gospel music all of my life. It's my first memories was uh, traveling around with a family group, even before I sang. Um, just traveling around, being a little, uh, little toddler, and uh, the music was introduced to me at a young age. Uh, I've never had the uh, the blessing. Uh, I've always wanted to, to sing like you guys do. Never had that blessing. But uh, one thing that I can do is do everything within my power to share you guys and, and to promote y'all in a positive way, because that's going to share not only the style of music I love, but it's going to share the gospel. So that that's our purpose here. So we're glad to do it. Great. Uh, so uh, transition a little bit here and take a step back. Now, you know, y'all are in Trenton, Tennessee. Now, what what kind of y'all travel basically nationwide or you do you kind of concentrate in, in, in the east or how how wide do y'all reach on your travels? Yeah, we right now we uh, travel probably 14, 15 states okay. uh, that we are here in the western part of Tennessee. And so, you know, we can go as far up as Great Lakes and Michigan as far south as from Texas to Florida and everywhere in between North Carolina and we, we just haven't been to the New England states or, you know, the, the extreme out west. Okay. Because I'm vocational, and so um, sometimes it kind of limits how far we can go right now without some proper planning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And I, I do want to circle back to that bivocational part here in just a little bit. But uh, so with the way that we're kind of reaching all of the pretty much across the board nationwide, uh, maybe some folks may be hearing about Endless Highway for the first time. So can uh, one of y'all maybe give me a little history on the group, uh, how long y'all been singing and how the group was founded? Yeah, I'll let Jay tell you a little bit about that. Okay. Yes, um, my grandparents started our ministry back in 1971. Um, my uh, my grandparents felt a call in their life that they uh, they felt like music was something that God was using, and uh, they decided to go to church and instead of instead of playing country music, they they felt God wanted to use their gift for Him, so they started singing some stuff in church. And uh, people heard it and the word spread around and they got invited to other churches and and they had they had outside members before it was just family. And then my grandparents had uh, 
three daughters. Okay. My mom is the youngest of those three girls. And uh, our, when mom and dad got married, it wasn't long after that. He joined the group. And uh, then Allie and I came along. And the week I was born, I was put on a bus. It's all I know. And, <laughs> wow. Uh, so my whole life has been, we're going to go sing this weekend. We're yeah. going to go sing this weekend. And uh, so that's kind of the history from my eyes of the group. Yeah, and I was looking back, and I noticed even on your store, I saw uh, some CDs that were branded as Joylanders. Right. Um, we... Uh, we changed our name. We were the Joylanders for years. And, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people know us as the Joylanders still. Some people come up and say, well, I know y'all some Joylanders. <laughs> we'll still answer to that. But uh, a few years back when we went on a national level mm -hmm. with the label and putting out singles and stuff, um, we get to communicate about the brand and, uh, you know, the image of what we look and sound like and stage presence and the CD cover and how all that matters yeah. when you're presenting the gospel and trying to reach people. That's right. And we saw our name as uh, something that was kind of holding us back. You know, it didn't represent who we are sure. now. You know, it's got that older seventies right. uh, quartet sound. It does. And that's not exactly what we are, <laughs> you know? That's right. No. Uh, we had one song minister. Uh, he said, you know, I thought y'all were going to be four old guys in a piano player. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just kind of false advertisement. So we that's got good. to thinking and we, we changed our name. You know, we're, we're trying to reach people with the gospel. If there's something in the way of us reaching people, we'll change it. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, and I, I thank you for explaining that, and it makes perfect sense. And, you know, talking about that with you guys, um, you know, the night you're set at the fall festival, I heard, uh, I heard traditional southern gospel. I heard bluegrass gospel. I heard what I would call kind of country gospel, uh, maybe acoustic, you might call it that, but uh, country mm -hmm. gospel. I heard acapella singing. I heard Christmas songs. Um, yeah. you guys really have a wide range and a wide repertoire. And it seems like you have what I would say you have something for everybody. Well, you know, we try to try to give a little bit of something for everybody. You know, we've, we've always been about variety and, you know, with the age difference from our group, you know, cause we got a 20 and then we've got up to in the fifties. And uh, my grandparents are in, he's my granddad, he's in his 80s. So hmm. we have three generations in our ministry. So we can, we've got a big age gap. And, uh, we, you know, there's a lot of different music that we all like. Oh, yeah. So everybody gets a little bit of something throughout the night if you come and see us. So yeah. uh, the other thing, we just kind of get bored if it's the same <laughs> all the time. You know, some people you hear and, you know, I've I've heard your couple songs. What else you got? So, you know, if you come see us, we try to try to keep you uh, engaged so you don't get too bored. Oh, yeah. And I tell you what, I had to I have a good litmus test when I, I bring product and I bring stuff back from like when I go to a quartet convention or something. And, uh, you know, everybody has a preference. Like I said, I, I'm just uh born and bred, raised and fed on Southern gospel. And, and Southern gospel is a wide umbrella, you know, of music. But yeah. my wife uh, is not, uh, you know, especially traditional Southern gospel is not her 
favorite thing. So right. I started pulling out Endless Highway songs the other night and playing them. And I'm watching out of the corner of my eye and I start seeing that head kind of bob a little bit and the foot kind of start tapping and and I play <laughs> another one and I play another one, you know, and and it, and and she really, uh, you know, loved your music. And, and what I'm getting at there, when you have something like you guys have, you can yeah, there's something for everybody. But I love to see a group come along that really has something they can package to. You could go to a church with a very blended crowd and everybody will leave there having heard something that probably fits their preference, if you will, if that makes sense. Well, man, that's a high compliment. We appreciate that. That that was our whole goal when we set out and make music is uh, that we can have a little something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it comes from us liking all of it. <laughs> you know, I grew up with the country music style and I grew up with dad had bass singers and tenor singers blaring all the time. Right. And, you know, mom would have the steel guitar playing and and jazz music and oh yeah 80s rock and it just it was all in our home so we like it all so we we try to do a little bit of all of it oh yeah and see i'm that way i have a really broad spectrum of of interest and in what i listen to you mentioned that jazz uh yeah uh, josh singletary and i have a, a similar interest in that kind of style of music and uh, i got him to play some hymn tracks for me in that style so yeah I, and 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 it's great that you present that and you spoke about all the uh you spoke about the different instruments and that's another thing that i wanted to ask now you told me um, you know, a lot about the lineage of the family, and I know that y'all are all musicians, uh, so I'm sure as far as, as, as long as Allie and Jay has existed, they've uh, been introduced to playing something with strings on it uh, and, 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 and instruments. But so what all, uh, I saw y'all change up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how, you know, how y'all can change in and out. Uh, what all instruments do you guys play uh, in your presentation on a stage set? Well, on an average night, um, Dad will mostly play acoustic guitar, and then he'll touch on electric bass for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then Jay primarily plays bass. Mm -hmm. Mom is much more diverse in her string instrument playing. She can play um, fiddle, banjo, mandolin, guitar. Wow. On stage. Mm -hmm. uh, she plays much more, but that's what she plays on stage. And then... Okay. I play acoustic guitar and then a little bit of mandolin. Yeah. Just enough to fill in the gap. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really enjoy when Miss Vanessa pulled out that banjo the other night. You know, that's uh, I, I I'm a big fan of bluegrass. I really am. And uh, yeah, I, I I just noticed that that y'all are just uh, not only uh, are you talented uh, vocally, but y'all are really talented uh, in musicianship. So uh, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Now, how about uh, influences? Uh, and of course, most of the time when you have a family group, family lineage like you have, of course, your main influences are going to be parents and grandparents. But who all of y'all looked up to as far as your vocal and your musicianship uh, influences? Who have you looked up to? Well, this is Jason, and I'll start, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let the kids speak for themselves. But I was a musician before I was a singer. I started out as a drummer. Ah. And then uh, then I learned how to play bass guitar. So, you know, when I was a kid and a teenager, I could have cared less about the vocals, <laughs> or what the message in the song was. I just went to see the Henson's band and the Hem the Hemphills band, you know, and the Magruder's band. Oh, and yeah. was, I just crawled with all that. But what was cool was the after I stayed there a while, the message caught me and it drew me in, you know. Right. 
but uh, so uh, as a kid, I, I, that's the bands I would go to watch. And uh, man, when the Magruders hit the scene, Landy Ewing just blew everybody away. Danny Autry and Eric Magruder, and mm-hmm. that whole band, you know, and then the Hensons when you had oh, yeah. uh, Dirk Johnson and Kelly back and all those guys, you know, and uh, Tracy on the drum. So that's uh, for me and Van, that's, that's the kind of musical influence that we had. And she's just a little bit older than I am. So, I mean, she remembers the Rambos were a huge influence on her, uh, their singing. Uh, as far as singing for me, I, I grew up when the cathedrals were really hot with uh-huh. um, when it was George and Glenn with, and uh, Mark Trammell and Danny Funderburg. Yes. And so those were huge influences. And, and my all-time favorite group is those four. And then when Gerald Wolf joined, that was just five of the most incredible voices in one package ever. You know? Yes. And uh, so I was just blown away by that sound. And at the same time, I was more of a Gold City fan in the Gold City second era okay. uh, with Jonathan and Jay and Mark and Tim. And so those were kind of the influences that I listened to because I was a, a big quartet guy. I mean, that's what I was until I married. I married into a mixed group and then I had to learn what that was like. <laughs> and I learned about really, you know, there's a lot of versatility with men and women singing. There's a lot more, in my opinion, that can be done vocally. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, and not knocking anything, it's just a fact. When you get the traditional male quartet, a bass singer is pretty much just a bass singer, and then you got a baritone lead tenor. That's kind of set for the night. You know who's doing what for every song. But with the the mixed group, there's a little bit more flexibility. So I've learned to appreciate that with time. But that's kind of... Uh, in gospel music, who my influences were. Now, I listened to Dave Weckl on drums. I listened to John Patitucci on bass and mm. Brian Bromberg. Uh, just a lot of musicians. Larry Carlton on guitar. We, we uh, It's kind of odd that we love, like I love Newgrass Revival. Oh, yeah. The bluegrass side, you know, when they were out. So, Ricky Skaggs. Me and Van listened to Ricky Skaggs like crazy. Oh, Allison yeah. Craig and Union Station. I mean, we, we truly do listen to everything in the world, just about it from, uh, and, and I mean, that's just who we are from sure. bluegrass, to old country, to newer country, to, uh, Southern gospel, to funk, to R and mean, eighties pop, you know, the, the musicianship and the vocals of like Toto years ago, Oh yeah, even that kind of stuff is amazing. It is. And so we drew just kind of from all of those influences. Okay. And so uh, that that's kind of me and a little bit of Van since she's not with us tonight. But I'll let uh, Jay's going to go next. Okay. I have to say for, for me, the, the one night I got to see when I was probably 10 or 12 years old, I got to see the tallies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, that concert really changed changed me because that night, I got to see all the pieces that made a great night. You know, most of the time if you come into a concert, you may not recognize everything that's going on around you that makes the night great. Yes. And the tallies did an excellent job that night. Everybody did their part well and every, all the part of their crew did a great job. The sound guy, the product people, everything was just done really well and that was the first time i got to see something like that and the tallies music i'd I'd have said the tallies and the hoppers have probably been one of the biggest influences for me okay uh in in our genre of music they they've done things well for many many years and uh probably two of my favorite 
favorite groups. Awesome. Here's Allie. Yeah. Um, one thing about growing up in a singing family is you don't get to go to concerts a whole lot because you're usually <laughs> singing. So I depended on CDs a lot growing up. And at the time in the early 2000s, Southern Gospel was very diverse because you had groups like the Martins kind of pushing it. And then yes. you had like the Roops and more traditional stuff. But I'll say vocally, I always loved listening to the Roops, like the sisters mm -hmm. and uh, Joyce and Judy Martin were always stellar singers, in my opinion. And I also looked up to my mom a lot because there weren't a lot of young females on stage singing and playing. Right. And I've always thought that was just a really cool thing to be able to do. And so I've always looked up to her and she grew up. Well, I grew up listening to Alison Krauss a lot because it was mom's favorite singer. Right. And Shania Twain and stuff like that. So those are more of my more musical and vocal influences, probably. Sometimes I feel alone like no one even knows my name or my pain and woe. Sometimes I wonder if I make a difference at all. I feel so small, but in those moments I remember You say I'm always on your mind, oh no, there'll never be a time when You'll forget about me, that's how much you care about me More than the tiny grains of sand setting on the shores Hey folks, this is Scoot Shellnut with the Dixie Echoes, and you're listening to my buddy Scott right here on SBM Studios Podcast. And so um, y'all are bivocational, um, so meaning basically that y'all work some work some full-time jobs also mixed in with your, your ministry. So that has been my uh, ministerial call over the years. I've served about 20 years in bivocational ministry. Uh, now, not singing and traveling ministry like y'all do. I've been a uh, youth pastor. I've been uh, worship pastor, associate pastor, uh, interim pastor, just um, different things like that. So I really can identify with what it feels like to be a bivocational minister. And, you know, the only thing <laughs> I heard one pastor tell me one time in ministry, the only thing that's bivocational about ministry is the name and the pay because the the ministry never stops. Ministry is full time. Absolutely. And and when you have a job that you're also working, uh, I, I can totally understand that it is a strain. You know, it is it, it is a pull. And so maybe y'all, uh, Jason, if you want to, or one of you, talk a little bit about you know just how you you do juggle the bivocational. Uh, Southern gospel artist role because you know a lot of times the ones that we we talk to are full time basically you know they may do studio work and some stuff like that on the side but basically they're full time artists so it's a little different from you guys and I thought you might touch on that a little bit sure yeah uh, it is um, it is it is a fun struggle it really is um, and I'll say on the other hand is is I'm thankful that this year I was bivocational. <laughs> a lot of my, our, our friends were sitting at home and not getting paid. Right. You know, I was still getting my, my secured paycheck there. Right. And so I was thankful for that, but, but it is a struggle to try to 
juggle 120 dates a year uh, and work because I'm the general manager of a utility company that provides electric water, wastewater, and broadband. Okay. So that it's a very busy job. Uh, and I travel a good bit with my job. That's literally times that uh, the buses pick me up at the airport for work. <laughs> and I hop on the bus and go sing and sometimes go back to the airport or they drop me off at a hotel in a city somewhere. Bless you. Uh, so that, that literally can be life. I mean, I, I remember back just a few months ago, uh, we were in Florida and I had to drive uh, all night Sunday night to get back to go to a meeting in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on Monday morning. Mm. And so I did that. And then somebody else drove the rest of the way home. Uh, so it, it can be a struggle uh, at times. Sometimes it's physically exhausting, but not all the time. I mean, that's where we have to try to be smart in booking and, and sure. planning trips. Uh, but, but so that's, that's me. Uh, Allie is a, she's a little workout beast. She works at a, at a gym oh, and okay. does some training and so she has some flexibility there. And I have a good bit of flexibility with my job as well. And um, Jay manages Parks and Rec uh, at a local town here. Oh, wow. And so he has some good flexibility, too. And so um, we're able to do what we do and, and thankful for it. That's great. Uh, if, if, if we didn't have the jobs that we do have, we might have to be full-time artists <laughs> or, uh, or we may, you may never have heard of our name. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, and I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion and, you know, opinions I know don't matter a whole lot, but I'm of opinion, you know, everybody has different callings. And to me, the bivocational minister, uh, yes, y'all are on the road and y'all are singing and you're presenting the gospel in your concerts. But also, um, Brother Jason, you're called on your field in your job. Um, Allie can minister in her job. And uh, so can so can Jay, you know, as manager of Parks and Rec. Y'all all y'all can take to me. It just broadens the ministry when you're bivocational. It's 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 you're reaching more people, and and God has you there for a reason. So uh, I know myself uh, for years. My my full time job is has been a bank uh, officer uh, working at yeah. a bank, and hey, I've had a, I've had a ministry field, a mission field, you know, through the years, uh, and, and been blessed to do it. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm really big that God, God plants us, you know, if he intends at some point for it to turn loose and y'all be full time, you'll know it. Um, he'll, he'll, oh, he'll send that revelation to you. That's right. And one thing that I've, we, I've tell the kids and I, we have to remind ourselves all the time. Uh, but it's, as you said, ministry is not something that starts when you walk on stage for us and it ends when you walk off stage. Right. Ministry is 20 seven it's while we're fueling the bus and another truck driver comes up and talks to us while we're fueling it's while we are sitting in the restaurant eating before we go to to load in and sing and we talk with the waitress ministry is 24 7 yes it absolutely is and and one thing that you have added in your family that means a whole lot to me and that's uh, one reason when i was talking back and forth with you uh, brother jason about seeing if we could get family uh, I have a high appreciation for young people in ministry. Um, uh, being a former youth pastor, student pastor, I, I did that at the church, but I also took that into the local school and for years volunteered in a lot of different roles in the school to have a, a ministry uh, mission field in, in the school. And young young folks mean a lot to me. And, uh, you know, talking to y'all on the phone, I picked this up seeing y'all and talking to y'all at the fall festival, um, you know, the, the, the influence 
that Allie and Jay can have on the young people that y'all come in contact with, whether it's on the road, like you said, in those travel situations, but in the churches too. Um, <laughs> Jay mentioned something about the old name and thinking it was a old quartet. I, I'm going to tell you now, you know, I've had some things at churches where I've had the traditional male older quartets come in. And to be honest, um, a lot of my young folks were not real enthused, you know, um, sure. just because of age gap. It's not so much the music. I don't like to get in musical style and musical preference um, disagreements because I think that all of God's music is good and beneficial. And uh, even no matter what, if it's presented right, you know, people of all ages appreciate it. So sure. I, I've seen a lot of young folks that just fall in love with traditional Southern gospel. That's not what I'm talking about, but, but the age gap, sometimes that can be a barrier sometimes for that. So you guys come in and you have Allie and Jay. And so instantly you have a foot in the door with the youth groups in the church and, and the young people. And I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, again, I, I'm not going to act like I know y'all just personally, but I am a watcher of people. And I picked up that there was uh, a high character in your family and uh, just in, in the way that uh, all of you, including uh, Jay and Allie, carried yourselves at the, at the fall festival. And I just I see that as a blessing because I see that as them ministering to young people and, and giving uh, an example for young people to follow. Well, thank you, brother. We appreciate thank that. Thank you for that. We uh, we really have worked. I mean, we're members of our local church, and we try to go to our local church, too, when we're home. Uh, but one thing that Van and I really wanted to do as the kids were growing up, once they hit those uh, early teens and latter teen years, well, just the teen years, is we wanted to, church is good, youth group's good, but we wanted to have some home Bible studies that we knew that we could sit and, and uh, walk through some books with them that we know would bring up every subject that they would encounter. And then rather than going to their friends or going to the world or Google to look for answers to some of life hard questions, we would answer them biblically here at home. That's awesome. And, and so we did Bible studies on like the book counterculture that mm -hmm. deals with abortion, yes. homosexuality, with all of these different things that are very present in our world today. And so we did that and we did it. We even brought in a generation older than Vanessa and myself so we could have a three generation perspective on this. And I really believe in Deuteronomy where it says, you know, to teach your kids when you're laying down, when you're yes. walking by the way, whatever it is. I believe that we as parents and as grandparents, we need to share the successes in life, but also the failures in life to help our younger generation hopefully avoid the pitfalls and stupid mistakes that we sometimes make. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so we have tried to pour that in. And we did uh, like a, uh, a study on the book, Everybody Always by Bob Goff. Uh -huh. And uh, to try to understand that, yes, we need to love everybody always. There's a line in that book that I'll never get over because uh, it's convicted me for life. And it says that I realized that I have spent my entire life avoiding the people that Jesus spent his life trying to engage. Oh, mercy. Mm. So we have tried to put those kind of things in the kids. So as we do go out, whether it's working at the park or working at the gym, or if it's at the restaurant or the gas station or on the stage or at the church or at the concert, we have eyes that can see. I mean, my prayer is, Lord, give us eyes and see. Give me Give me ears to hear 
and let me be your hands and your feet, but let me be your heart to this world. Yes. And uh, let us truly love people where they are. Everybody needs an encouraging word, a pat on the back. As you said, I mean, we, we've literally watched this happen to where we go to a church to load in and, you know, uh, somebody may come and they've got little kids with them and they say, hey, can we help you roll stuff in? Well, we say absolutely, yeah. because that's an opportunity for us to love on those kids to sow into them. And I, I can tell you, we've had it happen to where we loaded into a church and they helped us load out on Sunday. And then Monday, the preacher would call and said, Hey, you know, those kids that were helping you, one of those kids got saved because oh, they mercy. said they wanted, they wanted what Jay and Allie had. Oh, they saw awesome. something in them. And so the preacher was able to share the gospel with them. They got saved. And so Whew. that's why it's important. I mean, just standing, holding a microphone or holding an instrument that's only one way that we get the great privilege to present the gospel. That's right. But to get, but to get to live it when you're just loading in and loading out or doing everything else, it's all ministry all the time. Absolutely. And, and for that, just uh, definitely to Jay and Allie, I say, keep on keeping on. Y'all are doing a wonderful work. And, and, and thinking about this, and this goes in just a smidge of a different direction, but I have, I, I actually, um, you know, I, I, I said I don't get into discussions or any kind of disagreements on styles because I just don't think that's of God. Yeah. But I have had some um, I've had some pastoral colleagues basically make comments to me about the Southern gospel genre and uh, how it doesn't appeal to young folks anymore that, you know, it's, it's old people music. So I thought maybe uh, if if Ali and or Jay doesn't mind uh, maybe tell me what y'all see when y'all go into the churches and you start presenting your music and, and your message and song uh how is it received by the young folks well we'll give you honest answers so here they go okay well i think i think at first there's a bit of reservation because it's so different than what they're probably used to mm-hmm. at their sunday morning worship we're not necessarily praise and worship type people but right. i the I think they appreciate the musicianship maybe because some churches don't have live musicians or, or people that get up there and sing and play. And that's the only source of music. And so just from my perspective, I think they can appreciate that, that, Oh, the sound that is coming from these speakers is from them. (laughs) Right. And they can, they can feel it. If nothing else, if even the song falls flat on its face, lyrically or genre or style, the lyrics they can feel it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully above everything, they can possibly feel it. Yeah. And it's different every place. I mean, there's no cookie cutter response, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's different everywhere. But I think they, I think there's some level of maybe just appreciation that these people love what they do and maybe their heart is where it, it's supposed to be singing what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say, you know, when sometimes we'll get up and do bluegrass and that's not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> And then, you know, we can pick up on that. So we'll change over because we have in our back pocket a totally different genre. Yeah. So we'll we'll play something else. And if that's what they like, you know, that's what we'll lean toward. And that's what we'll do for the rest of the night mainly. But, you know, like Allie was saying, when they see you enjoying it, yep, they can appreciate the music. You know, I play upright bass and sometimes I'll get... I'll just kind of get in my own world and I won't realize until it's over. Somebody will come and say, man, you was up there just dancing with that bait. And you know, they, they may not even like bluegrass music, 
but they see that, you know, God's using oh, yeah. us in that moment. And, you know, it's like you said earlier, when it's done and the Lord takes over, it don't really matter what the music is. It's it's all about him. Yeah. And and another thing that I've heard from a few of the uh, other folks that I've interviewed and, and one particular that comes to mind are the Hayes kids. But uh, just from their perspective to, to them, they've seen maybe a little bit higher number of young folks in some concerts, you know, just all over the place. Oh, I mean, I even noticed to me, and I don't know if it had to do with the, the COVID situation that we were in or the reduced capacity or what, but it seemed like the, there were more young people uh, a few of the nights at the fall festival this year than I had seen, uh, you know, in times past. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just of the major opinion that when Southern gospel, the big broad umbrella of Southern gospel music is presented, uh, with excellence and with spirit and with energy, which is some of the things that y'all touched on, that that feeds off, and it does. I mean, I, I think that it still has a place. Uh, when I've seen it presented like that, without any bias against it presented uh, by anybody else to young people, including my son, who is 17 years old. Now, he likes all kinds of music, but I put in your CD, I put in the Hayes CD the other day, I put in the sound CD and several different things, and he is bumping with me. You know, uh, when it's when it's presented in a, in a good, positive way, I think young folks grab onto it. That's that's just kind of the what I pick up from it. So, yeah. well, hey, I'm watching time here. I said, I know y'all work today, and I don't want to keep you forever. I have just a couple of uh, other little things that we'll hit on, and then I'll, uh, I won't bother you uh, any longer. But you're not bothering us at all. You're fine. One thing that I wanted to do is I, I talked about the song Countless. I talked about the video. I know y'all just released, uh, you've got a, a, a release streaming now, He Rescued Me. And uh, you got several things going on. So I thought I would give y'all a little bit of time just to talk about what's going on with Endless Highway uh, in, in terms of, of your projects and uh, maybe tell the folks uh, what's coming down the road. Okay. We have a, a new project coming out and it'll it'll come out uh, January, I believe, or February, March, okay. uh, look for it in 21. But, uh, we, we had the opportunity to work with Wayne Hahn and I know, you know, that, name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, he has really, uh, I think he's done more in the last few years for Southern gospel music as, uh, anybody has at, at, in terms of just making the music the best it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had the opportunity to work with him, and he did a great job on this album. It's uh, the title of the album is "Come Home," and uh, the first release, like like you said, was "He Rescued Me." It's available all streaming platforms. But uh, that that was another thing. It's coming out um, in singles first on streaming only. So you'll get, like I said, it's coming out in 21, but you're getting sneak peeks of it. Uh, <laughs> through streaming so you can go to youtube uh, and uh, uh apple music and spotify pandora all the streaming platforms and get the little sneak peeks uh as we release singles so that's uh what's going on right now but we've got a, a christmas concert uh our, our annual christmas concert we do uh banquet that's coming up in december and uh kind of it 
Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a different year. Uh, yeah. We, we do because of the, the variety of styles that we do. It's, it's kind of funny what all we get booked at sometimes because <laughs> I, I think we're probably the only people that do this. We've literally been booked at um, like we were booked in Farmington, Missouri at the Santine center for two performances in one day. One was a bluegrass concert at two o'clock and six o'clock was a Southern gospel concert. Oh, wow. So we were able to do both, but it's like, um, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be, um, in North Carolina, we were booked with the primitive and the inspirations. The booking, uh, deal was only do live music. So, you know, there is no track, so it won't be the typical Southern gospel or as much of the countryside or jazz side. It's pretty much just going to be acoustic. And so it's, it's strange. We get booked for some things like that. We got booked at a, at a bluegrass auction barn, a big bluegrass festival thing earlier in the year. Same thing. Just, just do that. Uh, it's all gospel that we do, but it's just that bluegrass and acoustic flavor, you know? And so some things we get booked on, we only get to do a certain piece of what we do, but most of the time we get to hit all of the marks of, uh, and give everybody everything from, bluegrass to acoustic to country to western swing to christmas to jazz to patriotic and just southern gospel plain yeah. old straight ahead stuff you know so it's kind of amazing what all we get booked at sometimes and um just being real honest sometimes we look at ourselves during the, at the song service of the church and we'll say why in the world did they book us here because <laughs> we went to one church that was just you know full-on contemporary right and we looked at ourselves with a banjo and a mandolin <laughs> thinking, why are we here? You know, of course, if you see the whole set, there's some pretty progressive stuff. You know, it's that whole wide range. Sure. And I think that's why they bring us in even to a church that's full on contemporary, because it, it, it's a broad base of music that satisfies the elderly folks in, the, in there from the elderly to the youngest, you know. Absolutely. And so our goal for all of that is just to do quality, no matter the genre or whatever. If it's quality, you know, Amazing Grace sung bad is bad. It doesn't matter if it's <laughs> if it's Southern gospel, if it's done very, you know, high church or if it's done contemporary. That's right. If it's done bad. It's just bad. It doesn't matter what the style is. That, that'll preach right there. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we um, just do our best to try to make it the best quality that it can be, but but yeah, we've got, I don't know how many more singings we have throughout the year, but we, uh, we're glad to have what we have. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned that Christmas, uh, presentation you got, and I, I've yeah. noticed, uh, I, I got one of your Christmas CDs at Pigeon Forge, but, um, I know you got about four volumes. I'm going to have to look back on that because I listen to Christmas music 365 days a year. Um, <laughs> you're you're kind of like me. Then. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. It. But, yeah, y'all do have that uh, ability to where you can uh, you can present something in, in, in several different directions. So that that that's great. All right. I uh, don't really know uh, which one of you guys kind of handles the – uh, as far as your web presence and your social media presence, but I thought I'd give you a second maybe to kind of promote that to our listeners, uh, how they can find sure. out more about you, how they can connect with you if they're looking for your products, if you want to share that. Yeah, so our website is endlesshighway.org, and on there you can see our, our live performance schedule. You'll see some events. I try to put up uh, any of the, the major events like the Ark Encounter or the National Quartet Convention or even just big concert promotions that we're a part of. 
I'll put those up. Um, but we do have our store there that you can buy our hats, all of our merch, our hats, T-shirts, all of our CDs. You can download uh, a lot of the CDs there. Uh, most of the label CDs, though, um, uh, we just leave that up to Apple and, and Google Play and Amazon for you to, to download there. Yeah, yeah. But you can uh, you can get all of our music there pretty much. And uh, the kids kind of take care of most of the social. So I'll let Allie, why don't you tell him about the social? Uh, our Facebook is obviously just Endless Highway Band. And then also that's our Instagram handle, too. So at Endless Highway Band. I think that's Twitter handle, too. Yeah, Twitter, too. We're not as active on Twitter. But Instagram and Facebook should be yeah. where you can find and anything. YouTube. Find us on YouTube, like you mentioned earlier. I think yeah. you said you were sharing some of our YouTube channels. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, I've gone back and watched several of your videos off the of YouTube. So yeah, uh, so yeah. To our listeners, I just, I highly recommend that you connect with Endless Highway and. In fact, not only connect with them, but I know I have a lot of folks who listen who are connected some way to a church. Um, and I would love for all of y'all to uh, consider bringing Endless Highway to your churches and uh, contacting them. I know you can find that information on the website, but uh, do y'all now do y'all handle your bookings in house or? Yes, sir. It's all in-house. Okay, great. So you can find that information as well on the website, or you can connect on the social media platforms. And and that's one thing. Now, I'm trying. I I know we got to get past some of these uh, regulations. I know Alabama... I think that I, I think we've still got some of the most uh, stringent restrictions in the southeast still uh, in our in our area, but. I want to get you guys in West Alabama. I think I think I'm only about three hours away from you guys, so uh, we're going to see. Yeah, you mentioned can. you mentioned Columbus earlier. We sing down around Columbus and Jasper, Alabama. And, okay, and, uh, yeah. I am 30 minutes from Columbus and about 50 minutes from Jasper, kind of in between yeah. there. So, all right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely to our listeners, I highly encourage you, first of all, to connect with Endless Highway, listen to their music, watch them on YouTube, and then I know you'll fall in love with the music and want to bring them uh, to your church. And while we're doing our little commercials, I'll take just a second and again, thank all of our listeners for uh, for supporting the SBM Studios podcast. Most of you probably were introduced to the SBM Studios podcast by a Facebook post, uh, one big way that we grow is if you'll share that. Uh, we love the likes and we thank you for all the interaction. But if you'll share that with your friends on Facebook, that'll help us uh, reach others. And then when you listen to, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, if you'll subscribe to that podcast, I know we got several subscribers already, but you, if you subscribe or follow, you won't miss any of our episodes when they come out. And if you would even consider giving us a rating or a review, that helps us as well. But uh, we've been very grassroots, and it's been because of the support and the encouragements of our listeners that we have grown. And we thank you all so much, and and we'll keep putting these out for you all to enjoy. Uh, Well, guys, as we kind of come to an end here, I'd like to allow our artists as we're coming to a close Uh, We are in odd times. Um, This year has been like none that I've experienced in my 46 years. And um, it's just been very interesting times. And I know that this is a time when folks are looking for uh, looking for some hope, looking for a word of encouragement. So I thought maybe uh, y'all may have a word that you might share with our listeners, just a word of encouragement before we go. Yeah, we're looking around here at each other, seeing who's going to answer. I've been. 
I've been itching to say this story. It has, I don't know that it is necessarily a word of encouragement, but you asked a question a minute ago and I just now got an answer for it. And it was how to, how we kind of navigate the full time and singing and then working. And for any artists listening or just listeners in general that want to know what it's like, sometimes you don't want to go sing. <laughs> sometimes it's hard and you're tired and as horrible as it sounds, you want the self-satisfaction to go to this big church and do a good job, but it's not always like that. And sometimes you feel like, what are you doing? Mm. But I'm emotional. Hang on. That's okay. <laughs> um, I'm remembering a time when I got on the bus and I didn't want to go. I knew it's where I needed to be, but I didn't have the want to. And um, I never felt pressured to sing by my family at all, but just a, a self thing where you're like, man, why is it so hard for me this week? Mm. And we got to this little church, and I believe it was Illinois, I think. And we got up and sang like normal. It was fine. No extravagant, crazy breakout. We just got up and did what we knew to do. And afterwards, I believe it was a probably a late teen or a 20-something-year-old girl came up to dad and mentioned, last year I met y'all and I, I started listening to your music. And I don't remember exactly what she said, but um, she had been cutting herself and self-harming. Mm. And so I think by the time the next year she came up to us and said, I've, I've stopped doing that and your music has given me a lot of hope. And I'm not saying that we're the answer to all your problems, but even when it feels like you're not doing any good or even when you don't want to be there, your efforts matter. Amen. And so that was a hot mess to get out, but I just, the whole time I was like, man, I need to say that. And I don't know why, but maybe it spoke to somebody. Oh, and if not, I can rest easy tonight knowing I said it. <laughs> Absolutely. Bless your heart, Allie. And I, I thank you for sharing that. I'm sitting there thinking, now, look, you're not supposed to make the interviewer start squalling like a mashed cat here. But, uh, <laughs> um, you no, know, listen, the reason I, I'm saying that is because, and I can tend to get emotional too, um, but a, as the, the pastor that's been up, uh, whether it was given the message or whether it was leading the song or even leading the youth group, Oh, I've been in those shoes when I didn't want to. Maybe it hadn't got it got to where it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe it had gotten where I just had a lot of stress. Maybe I was having personal. I mean, you know, hey, everybody who is listening to this podcast is living inside human flesh, and even the saved and redeemed still have failures and still have faults and still have bad days. And uh, maybe there's been some times when I've had a, a bad week. Maybe I had fallen. Maybe I had, uh, you know, had my struggles. And and I know, I mean, I'm sitting there listening to you say that, and I, I can identify with that. But bless your heart for sharing the truth that God still uses the right. messenger. 
Right. God still use you, even in those points, and keep on keeping on. And and that's a blessing. And I thank you so much for sharing that. And hey, I mean, you know, you said it might not be a word of encouragement. I think it's a very big word of encouragement, <laughs> if nothing else, to those who do minister and who have that same feeling. I mean, I'm sure that there's folks listening to this right now that says, hey, I've been there. So I thank you yeah. for sharing that. I do, Scott. I think for all of us, that is our motivation and what it's the gasoline in our tank is that when you go and um, you do minister, you go up and just, you just do what you do, whether you feel like it or not. And the stories of the people that come to the table, like she said, the girl that was cutting herself, Mm. I've literally had another lady in Illinois walk up to me at a table and she said, I'm going home tonight to kill myself unless you can tell me why I can't or why I shouldn't. Mm. And so singing was the opportunity to get to really pour the word of God into that lady and to give her hope not to go home and kill herself and end her life. Amen. But when people come to the table and, and obviously it's the Holy Spirit, and I just pray that we're always a vessel. It's not anything we do. He just takes our abilities and he empowers it through his spirit. And the word, the lyrics to these songs speak to people's hearts. And they will just sometimes sit at the, at the product table and it's over and they will just hold you and hug you and cry and mm. just let a lot of emotion and the stories that we get to hear. We are all broken, bankrupt, unworthy beggars. Amen. And we've all got it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all fail from the pulpit to the pew. Amen. And everybody's got very real struggles. And that's where we get the opportunity, yes, while we're singing, to deliver that lyric, to deliver that message that the Holy Spirit can empower and plant that seed and water a seed. Sometimes we get to see the harvest. And, man, when we get to see a soul saved, that fills the tank with gasoline and gives us the motivation to keep on keeping on. Mm. But but the stories that we get to hear, the life-changing things that we hear because of these songs, and, and it's one of those things that without— it's, you know, the Bible says without a preacher, how can they hear? Without Amen. a singer, how would they have known? How would they have heard that, what they needed to hear that day? So it lets us know that we're in the perfect center of God's will for our lives. We're right where we're supposed to be. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Mm. Uh, and all of this, for all I know, may end next week. And if it does, that's God's will. But while he is using our family, we just want to be faithful we want a minister to take every opportunity to do that and plant good gospel seed, water seed that's already been planted. And every once in a while, we get to see the harvest of that seed. And we rejoice when we do. Amen. Amen. And I thank you. Like I said, if so much of what y'all just said is is, is an encouragement to, to those who minister and those who, who carry the gospel. And, and to all of our listeners, uh, somebody out there may have come across this podcast and really didn't know what you was getting into. But, uh, you know, if you're sitting there and you're feeling like there's no hope and, and, and you don't have anywhere to turn, I just want to tell you, you do have hope. There is a hope. There is a place. There is a Savior uh, who loves you, uh, who created you, and um, will save you. And I know personally the SBM, SBM Studios is a part of SBM Ministries, and uh, it is our goal to share the gospel. So, the way that you've seen this podcast, you can connect with us or you can connect with us with Scott at sbm.space, S-P-A-C-E. If you want to uh, send an email uh, and, and I'll be glad to talk to you and, and tell you about 
uh, tell you about Jesus and, and what he can do for you and, and share with you from the scriptures. And I also know that Endless Highway will do the same uh, in connecting them. Uh, I'm sure you could connect either on social media or via email and they will be glad uh, to share the gospel with you and, and to share the hope that we're talking about today. So I uh, just yes, encourage sir. the listeners to do so. Well, guys and girls, uh, I'm so thankful that y'all shared uh, this time with me. I hope it was kind of sort of painless, maybe. Um, oh, it was, yeah. it was very painless. Great. Thank you. That's good. That's good. And uh, I look forward to seeing y'all uh, again down the road soon. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. So to our listeners, we thank you so much for listening to SBM Studios podcast, and we'll see you around the bend. Thanks for listening to today's episode of SBM Studios podcast. Until next time, this is Jason Baines reminding you to love God and love each other. It really is that simple, y'all.